I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Uh, hey, Mimi. Oh, hey, Gigi. When you're driving around, just seeing the town. Sitting bored at home, feeling all alone. Fill up the glass, pick out a glass. We got the tea, we got the sauce. Get queerified. Okay. Yeah. Let's get queerified. Welcome to the show. I hope you guys are ready to get queerified. I'm so excited for today's episode. I am your host, Gigi Gorgeous. I am a YouTuber, an actress, a philanthropist, an author, a model. And I'm Mimi. We have been best friends for the longest time on Queerified. You guys will hear about special guests in the LGBTQIA community and some allies too. And we share everything like what it is to grow up queer the lessons and successes of life and how to celebrate queer joy every day today you'll hear from two very special guests queens from the first season of canada's drag race tainomi banks and jimbo tainomi banks was our first introduction to drag and jimbo is our latest obsession okay now let's get to our amazing guests We are back on Queerified with Tainomi Banks and Jimbo. And we also have a live studio audience that includes the Nats Getty, Victoria Cartagena, and Casey Balanzano. Can we get a hey? Hey. hey. How are we feeling? What's up, guys? Hey, Gigi. Hey, Mimi. <laughs> oh, I love you. I oh love my you. God, you could do our trailer for us. <laughs> you look gorgeous, Jimbo. Literally, you were in like PVC. You said earlier yes, you could, you. so it's easier to wipe the jizz off. Mm, yes, and I, I just want think ahead. And I just want to say, Jimbo's energy is so infectious right now. As soon as you walked in, because I had preconceived notions, I was like, got it. <laughs> I we, completely got it. We've never met before, yeah. and I completely agree. I ran down. I, I ran down to the lobby. We ran into each other, yes. and I was like, "That is Jimbo." I had no idea because I didn't even really know what you looked like yeah. out of drag. But we just bumped into each other, and it was oh. like, "Hey, hey!" I was like, "Oh, Gigi, wow, you really live up to that last name." Oh my gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> love you How so are you much. liking Toronto? What brings you into town? I love it. I'm here to perform with the amazing, one and only, incredible Tainomi Bay. What? Uh, I didn't know this. Yes. <laughs> At the end of the month. <laughs> so, you guys were supposed to be there too, but um, Toronto is a mess, and oh. they push. I had to push back my show to the 25th. Mm-hmm. I'm so so sorry. It's mm-hmm. a dry, drag queen drive-in. Mm. Drive-in drag. Yeah, that is. Drive-in drag. Thank you for my name. Oh my god, it's not my show. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't you know? Oh, this Tainomi? I'm just kidding. I'm like a mess with it. But um, I'm really excited. And I'm, thank you so much, Jimbo, for making it work. You know? Of course. I'm oh, so Oh, you guys excited. are going to be so fierce. I'm so fucking pissed I'm not going to be able to Me be there. Me too. Ugh, so annoying. I want everything for you. <laughs> I want nothing for myself. I'm just kidding. So both of you guys have really different styles of drag, right? Mm-hmm. So I would say that your fans differ. Is that true for yourselves? It's and weird. can you describe, like, kind of like... For the person who is listening to our podcast, what your style of drag is? 
So I'm very inspired by artists around me and other drag queens. And I love fashion, but I don't follow fashion. So people just like, oh, Mugler. I'm like, whatever. I just, mm-hmm. as long as it looks good on me, I'm wearing it. So that's how I, I have this carefree attitude about things. And I think a lot of my fans just like that about me. I don't give a fuck and I'm honest. And I just like to be pretty and serve. What, what's the energy or like the vibe you like to give off in drag? Oh, I love to give off super i'm super confident and i want everyone in the room to feel that and feel the same thing with me and just yeah along for the same ride as i am it's very beyonce yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god i'm like yeah oh my god yeah, yeah. sasha yeah. fierce yeah it's very, very sasha fierce it's very that it's very that how about you jimbo my drag style is comes from uh clowning which is my introduction to performance and the way i sort of understand um, the relationship between an audience and a performer was through clowning. And so I was always feminine as a boy, and that was sort of this bad thing that I was taught was shameful. And so I would, I would dress in my mom's and my grandma's clothing in secret. And then later, um, once I was away from my dad, who was abusive, and all of this stuff, I sort of was allowed to just reclaim those parts of myself that I was really interested in, which were my feminine side. And so I wove my feminine with my clown to become a drag clown. Wow, I'm sorry to hear about that abuse. Was oh, that like... Don't worry, because that abuse helped make me amazing. So yeah. I don't that's, mind it at all. Yeah, that's one of the main things I feel like people take from their trauma or bullying or bad experiences in life. It really does make you a better person at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I would like to dive a little bit deeper into that. So when was the turning point for you where you kind of just said, fuck the system, I'm literally going to do my own shit, and I'm going to be the person... I'm going to lean into my artistry instead of shaming myself for the way that I feel. I think it was sort of, it's kind of like uh, my director at home taught me the audience is always on your side. And so a lot of us have this idea that people are maybe questioning why we're doing what we're doing or maybe doubting. And it's sort of, we're putting our thoughts on other people. And really at the end of the day, the audience is always on your side and wants you to do well. They want you to be good. So my family and friends and my community, when they saw me being me and could sense what joy that brought to me, everyone around me was just like, yes, more of this, do this. And it was really encouraged to put behind me everything that I was taught back in those days when I was taught that the things I liked and the things I enjoyed were gay and bad and feminine. Mm-hmm. Um, once I was able to put that behind me and be in a really incredible supportive community and friend group, that's really the turning point where I started to own the things that made me happy and the things that define me and really started to put my energy into those things. How about you, Tainomi? Like, <laughs> yeah, Oprah interview. I know. I'm like, oh my God. I'm <laughs> Oprah. She's Gail. Let, <laughs> now now let's that. talk. Oh, sorry, Dr. Phil. Yes. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> how about how about how about you like what was the turning point for you where you just said I am going to lean into my creativity I'm not going to listen to the neg- negativity anymore and I'm going to do me it was different I felt like um with a lot of I guess Caribbean or black mm-hmm. youth we tend to lead double lives so for me in my case um it was never like Jimbo's. I was always confident and I was always independent. And because of that, I felt like I couldn't relate to a lot of people in my family. And so when I even came out to my mom, she, and I, I misunderstood her love at the time. She, I told her I was gay and then she brought out the Bible and was like, hey, we need to pray about this. Oh, so that's God. so tra- traumatizing. I but I thought it was more like, yeah, right? I know, I know. Uh, I thought it was more like 
pray the gay away, but it was mm-hmm. not that at all. Like I, I, I was mad at her at the time, so I left home, mm-hmm. did my How own thing. How old were you? 19, 20 about, mm-hmm. 21, um, just in there. And I told her, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm not going to be here to, to do that. And she didn't understand. And I think it was around Christmas time I went back home to just do the, the family thing. And we you had wanted a present. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, be Let's be honest. No, it's like I just felt like me and my mom were close and we did we weren't for that whole year. And so I had to go home to fix it. Mm-hmm. And I, I just wanted it to be fixed. And I just felt myself it was such a like a Hallmark movie moment. It was snowing. I'm bawling at the window. Aww. And she's like, What's wrong? What's wrong? And I was like, I just want us to be okay again and stuff <gasps> that like that. That is so sweet. Aww. Yeah. And I'm like, I just don't want like my me being gay, like you not li- like you know, loving me. You don't even me. like me. Yeah. You may love me, you don't like yeah. me though. Yeah. She just starts crying. She's like, That's not it at all. You like you literally just were like an asshole and just got up and left. <laughs> like and uh, I was like, What? She's like, Yeah, I was praying with you. Like mm. I I I watched the news. I watched people dying. I watched gay people getting bashed and all that yeah. stuff. And I didn't want that for you. I was praying for your protection, not to change you. She's mm-hmm. like, I love you. Yes. I love you. Like wow. yeah. I <laughs> No, that's a huge thing. That is a huge thing when people come out. Like when I came out, I was 15, and I remember being like, I'm going to work myself up, walk downstairs, tell my mom and dad that I'm gay, and I'm going to just really own the situation. I walked down, and it was just game over. My mom started bawling her eyes out, and I was like, I'm a disappointment. I'm a failure. I'm just started spiraling. And then it was like, not about that at all. It was Mm -hmm. like, I'm worried about you because I'm worried about the world. People in the world are horrible. You're going to have to live a very, very different life than your brothers. Yes. And didn't your mother have a gay or knew of a gay person back in the day when she was younger who was killed? Yes. 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 Actually, I don't know if I ever have spoken about that, Mm. but yes. I haven't right now. It's, yeah. Yeah. My mom was traumatized by that. So when she, she always knew it was coming, right? Mm-hmm. My mom, Judy, I see her now through ladybugs. Love you, mom. I love Whenever you. I see a ladybug, I'm like, okay, Judy's hanging out. Whenever my friends have ladybugs around them, I'm like, oh, them. so, you know, she doesn't want to hang out with me. She wants to hang out with them. Mm-hmm. But she was always really, really traumatized by that situation. So I think she always saw it in me as a kid because parents always know. Do you want to talk about that situation? Not really. It's just my mom was very worried, you know, like Mm -hmm. as like a son, having a son that is gay and so outwardly gay, Mm. you know, it's not a secret. It's not you're not tricking anyone, you know, wearing makeup. I was a big fan of yours. I would watch all your YouTube videos. I like I was obsessed with you. I just thought you're just such a powerful like you knew when you were so young and I didn't. And you were just owning it and everything and so you were very inspiring to me and before I even met you so you were a big part of I guess my change and I see people like you and I was like oh my gosh like if they're just not giving a fuck I'm not gonna give a fuck oh Oh, that's yeah I see that for a lot of people who I guess it just shows you never really know what Mm -hmm. anyone's going on like what's going on behind closed doors and it's crazy that you say that Ty Nomi because as you know to the person listening at home Ty Nomi is the first drag queen ever in Toronto. And... Jimbo, did you know that? No, no. At least for us. For us. 
We used to like when we were so young. We used to go see Tainomi Banks at Toronto Pride. Absolutely, we yes, we did. Like I feel like for a lot of people in Toronto, Tainomi is their first drag queen. Definitely. Oh. So and this wait. So I need to ask you guys yes. another question. So how is your differentiating drag styles reflected onto your fans? Like Jimbo, do you yes. see huge titties? Do you see what do you see of Jimbo fans? And does it excite you? I love all of my fans. It's absolutely incredible. When we were making the show, we were backstage and I was asking the Queen's care, I was like, do you think I'll have any fans? And they're like, me. And yeah, I asked I was you like, as well. Yes. I was like, do you think I'm going to have fans? And then you were like, yes. yes Did you ever doubt that? It's not that I doubted it. I was just, I couldn't picture it. I was like, am I? I picture, the moment you walked in and you did your scream and everything, and then you asked me that, I was like, you're a shoe-in. You have fans automatically right away. Speaking of the scream, can we get one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have to ask me twice. Oh, my God. It's as if she was waiting to do it. Oh, always. Oh, my God. Oh. A lot of shows have that moment that, like, where the show gets picked up, like when Snooki got punched, Jersey Shore got picked up. That's what picked up Canada's Drag Race was your scream, and everyone's like, Thank "What you. the fuck is up with Canada's Drag Race?" Let me go watch. Thank yeah, you, Jimbo, yeah. for doing that for oh, us. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> yeah, and so I think my fans are. I get a lot of moms. Moms love me, mm-hmm. and I love that. I'm, yeah. I've ever my whole life, I've connected with moms. I love my mom, mm-hmm. and um, so I have a lot of people <laughs> saying like, "Oh my God, my mom is the biggest fan of yours," and I think I really love that. I think it's moms just really gravitate towards me and my story because they just see maybe a little bit of their own children or their own experience Mm -hmm. inside and are just rooting for someone that's a little bit of an outsider, a little bit of a weirdo that has the courage to put themselves out there. And so I think moms are always in my corner going like, yes. Really? That's awesome. I love that you said that because I I get that. Well, I don't get that explanation like you did. That was perfect. But like I get always moms like, oh, I love you. I'm like, really? I'm such a slut. <laughs> <And> yeah. they're, <laughs> they're like, yeah, we live. Because like, you're fine. Oh. The thing is, though, like, it really does change when you finally, like, stop giving a fuck. People yeah. finally see you as you. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's why moms, like, moms have had children. They've gone through everything. They're kind of like, oh, my God, this person is, like, on TV. They're living their lives. They don't give a fuck. They're very funny and charming. Mm-hmm. And I'm a fan of them. And I'm going to be unapologetic about that. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now, imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30 night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code Odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. So I wanted to ask you guys, so after being on Canada's Drag Race, the two of you, how has your perception of reality TV changed? Okay. Going you into know. it, what do you think? Coming out of it, seeing yourself, like what was the gag? I'm going to get really real for a minute. It was really hard for me. Um, was it? Yeah. I love to plan and have, I'm very organized with stuff. Uh, so even though we were warned, <laughs> they're like, it's going to, the fans are like, crazy you're gonna get a lot of good fans obviously and then but like there's like crazy things about it so for me going into a show like that you have no control over yeah what's happening daily so like even my run like a lot of my friends who've grew, grew up with me literally would say that's not the person i know like 
to my face. So, like, I don't know that Tainomi. You know what? You sound like a perfectionist. I don't. And you have a hard time with I dealing with things that. not going your way. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. And so. you know, it's th- hard it hearing that you. Now. It's hard hearing you've changed, but once you wrap your mind around it, like it's like, of course I've changed. Mm-hmm. Of course I've changed, and if you've not, yeah, then that's on you. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you think that's why you were having such a hard time on the show? Because when we, we when we saw, I don't know, Jimbo, I don't know if you know about Tainomi's legend, but like Tainomi for for the Toronto scene, maybe even Ontario scene, like seeing Tainomi on Canada's Drag Race was a very big deal. Like oh, she yeah. was the one, yes. right? I remember she came in last. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, Tainomi's coming, Tainomi. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes. God, I can't wait to so see yeah, it's well, hard. They set this thing up for you. Yeah, and, um, not to throw Drag Race under the bus, no. but there is a, a story that's there, and mm-hmm. you just don't know what it is. But you know, they're guiding things Absolutely. a little bit, right? To just like you know, play it up for the fans. So for me, it's like I couldn't get into that world where to get to let loose, to let go. Yeah. yeah. And if I were to do the show again, I would just go in with like open mind, more open mind. I just yeah. was too. Like oh, well, I need to look. You were trying to be very way. professional. Yes. I remember you were always like. Yes. I was always backstage being a little shit, kind of doing my thing, and Tino was always like Jimbo. Yeah. Shit together, you know. And mm-hmm. I remember you were you were really like trying, motherly. Trying to take this very seriously. Yeah. And, and it's really hard to be and, and do any self evaluation in that mm-hmm. moment. It's like your brain is just on survival, and so we're yes. you know no one is really acting as themselves. I'm sure Kind watching that show back oh. is like what the fuck. Yeah, Why we yeah like yeah. That? Me and Kind call yeah we call her. I called her during the elimination, and like she's getting all this hate mail, and she's like honestly. That's not me. <laughs> I was also, like, I like, I was like, yeah. She was just being funny. Like it was just whatever. Like it wasn't serious. It wasn't real. That's what I she thought. She was serious. She, she was told serious. us. No, she oh, was. what? Yeah, Wait, who? Kind. But who's kind? <laughs> the ball. The balls. The ball balls. The Filipino girl. Oh right, I love kind. <laughs> Oh my god, how could I forget? But Jimbo, it was kind of the opposite for you. You came in, you said nobody knew who you were, so you had a clean slate to go in. How is that different from someone like Tainomi? Yeah, I mean, it was different because Tainomi came with this reputation that she had to live up to, and I came from this very small island west coast, no one knew who I was, so I was trying to prove myself the whole Mm -hmm. time, and they... Mm -hmm could sense that. Oh, I, I see that really, now too. No, it, everything makes sense that. now yeah, that you guys like are my, talking. My zipper dress and everything, like that was me. Like, how the fuck do I stay here? I will do anything to be here. So I glued like a billion zippers all in a row on that thing. Like you could see in my making challenges how far I went just because I was like, I want to be here so badly and no one knows who the fuck I am and this is what I'm good at. And so the whole time I really, even in my confessionals, like a lot of the times I'm kind of serious and I'm mm-hmm. just like, trying my hardest to prove myself and to show the judges and to show the other girls um, my point of view and my stance on drag which at first glance was a lot about makeup in this industry is that's sort of you know how you read someone right off the hop and since my makeup wasn't where it is now back then a it's, lot of people by the way it's gorgeous now oh, and it, it really you. is it looks stunning working, working working on it but yeah that made it so people really questioned me a lot and they sort mm-hmm. of had to find other ways to um yeah, to find my strengths in just looking at me. I always look at reality TV as like a heightened sense of reality, right? Fake. It is all produced. It is mm-hmm. all fake. It is all scripted. It is all so lit and gorgeous and the stakes are so high. And I always like to remind myself not to produce myself 
And I feel like that comes in a lot with Drag Race and reality mm-hmm. TV. Literally just be yourself and let life produce you. Like mm-hmm. let the situation around you decipher what you're going to do and how you're going to react, how you're going to you know, lead by example and all those great things. And I just feel like that is such a great learning lesson and you guys learned it a crazy yeah. – in- crazy insane way in front of like the whole world yeah, I know. and you guys now are like so much better from it literally big time yeah. yes well, I, you- I bless the show for it and honestly just so you know i know you th- you say that you had to prove things i literally would give anything to trade spots with you in that in that moment uh-huh. just because you think you could go with a blank, blank uh, slate but the judges were like oh i know you're tainomi i yeah. hated hearing that mm-hmm. yeah time. i was like can you just Erase that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Can I just like mm-hmm. be fresh? Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't. And get God that. forbid you're to say, "Can you erase that?" They'd be like, "So that's going to be starred, yeah. and we're going to put that to the top <laughs> of the episode in the preview coming up on." We're all artists in this room. Thank yeah. God. There's thank a lot you of for saying here. that. Honestly, thank God for your honesty. Yeah. And that means the world to the queerified audience. This mm-hmm. is a safe space, and we are speaking to somebody that is literally in the closet, having a hard time, out and proud on the freeway, doing their makeup, at a gig, mm-hmm. wherever in yes. the community. Another club. Mm. Another <laughs> coming club. out. Sleep. Oh, no sleep. I'm done with that. I'm done with the coming out. We're all artists in this room. How did you guys deal with the opinions that other people had of your showing on Drag Race? How was that? Because a lot of people had like opinions. Yours, your like yours? Like mine. You want to talk about you? You want to... You wanna... <laughs> What was the reason? Oh my god! <laughs> so for everyone, so for everyone that doesn't know, Queerified is not the first podcast Mimi has been on. Mimi has a podcast called Drag Loonies, mm-hmm. which uh, basically roasted, ranked. And I wouldn't rated. say roasted. I was just giving honest opinions. I would. Mm. I would. I definitely okay. would. It's, I mean, it's tea. You reviewed the show in your own liking, and it was fine. Uh-huh. But it was called Drag Loonies, and mm-hmm. sometimes. He didn't have the best things to say about the two women on the couch in front of us. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yep. mean, yep. let me first ask. Uh, me too. <laughs> Jimbo, you're included. Yes. Oh, I, well, first of all, do you guys listen to these kinds of things? Because I don't well, think you I guys should. People, no, no. <laughs> no. You have like some like kind of asshole fans who will be like, hmm, uh-huh. and they'll send like just a clip of a uh, negative moment yeah. So what to did you. you say? I didn't hear that. <laughs> so let's hear. What did you say? What was your critique of mine where you're like, Jimbo, you fucked hard. Why'd you do that? I, oh my God, this is really happening right now. No, just go yeah. ahead. Tell us. Yeah, go, My biggest it. trigger is like misogyny in the gay community. Yes. Oh my God. It is. And the whole, I mean, I'm not coming for you. Like Come even seeing me. you now, your energy is so kind. But I really don't like it when gay people come for bachelorette parties. Or for oh. like women in oh, gay spaces. Oh, it's the spaces. bachelorette party. Oh, yeah. oh okay. So that, and I'm not holding you to that. That you know, it's oh, been sure. a long time. Why don't we speak about that? So for a lot of people that don't know, so bachelorette parties are no. Just to break it down, so bachelorette parties are a huge part of gay clubs, right? Yes. Bachelorette parties happen there. They like to see drag queens. They kind of get a little messy sometimes, right? Which mm-hmm. is what Mark is referring to. Yes. And that, and I'm not saying they don't. They are pretty messy. So, I mean, it is it is a personal trigger. Like, I don't like it because I'll say this. Like, I know what it's like to go to a gay club with Gigi. We get treated like royalty. And then I know what it's like to... I would hope as much. <laughs> <laughs> and I also, I also know what it's like to go with my gay friends. Mm-hmm. And it's normal. When I go with my sisters, 
we get treated like dirt, like worse than dirt on the floor. Like we are not meant to be in this quote unquote sacred safe space that's only for queer people. And it's just, it's a personal trigger because I just, you know, it's, I don't get it. I, I understand that, you know, when you're performing, it's annoying to have bachelor, bachelorettes tug on your hair, tug on your that. But I think it just, there's a side effect to being so vocal about these things that like women in our space just get treated badly. So how did you feel about like looking back on how that played out on TV? How does that, what does that look like to you? Sure. So I am all about inclusivity and I have a mm -hmm. lot of straight female friends who I love going to the clubs with. And as someone that was in the closet for a majority of my youth and my into when I was about 25, the way I went to gay clubs was with straight women and mm -hmm. with women. Mm -hmm. So I am all about girls in the gay club. And I think that what we were talking about was this fictionalized, how could you make up something that would require a lawyer at a gay club in a in a drag show mm -hmm. and so we were trying to kind of find extract the funny out of that moment yeah and it wasn't meant to really like attack straight women or to or to dissuade people from coming to gay clubs mm -hmm. it was about educating on a broader scale this is what the effect of acting that way towards a performer in yeah. any venue whether it's a gay club wherever you are if there's a performer on the stage it's all about respect and although they are living their best life they're having their night mm -hmm. they all also have to be respectful and I think there's a lot um, I think women straight gay men people around the world who are in a club with someone that is acting as though they can do whatever the hell they want anyone's gonna look at that and go like hey is that respectful like so I don't think it was necessarily attack on women by any means it was mostly like how do we funnily with a sense of humor address something that we've all dealt with and mm -hmm. so I hear what you're saying and, and I would never want to make someone feel like they aren't welcome especially in a queer space mm -hmm. and I would never want to ostracize you know the bridal parties and those events because those are those are a really big fun part of gay nightlife as well I think it's more just trying to give people the education about how to be respectful and have a best time at a gay club mm -hmm. so and what do you think of that I just think that um <laughs> Don't listen to drag loonies, first of all. <laughs> and again, I think I've already said this, but when you walked in the room, all my, like, everything made sense. Like, seeing you in live, in person, like, oh, I get it. Because I was like, is Jimbo just a dumb whore drag queen? <gasps> yes. But, like, also... I mean, no. <laughs> Jesus. But when you walked in, when he walked in, it was like, oh, like, this is a dumb whore who's gonna bring you joy. Like he's gonna make you happy. That's like, what I always thought. That's what I always thought, and that's what I always saw. I was just triggered oh by my it. God. Personal okay. trigger. Do you just but... want a breastplate? <laughs> Is that what you, you want in me? <laughs> Is that what you want? No, I think Mark is pretty happy. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. 
You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy60. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Tainomi. Yes. Okay, it must have been hard for you to hear what people said. I was very nice about you because obviously I was a huge Tainomi fan. And watching you, it was kind of hard because I was like, wait, this is, and you've talked about this before, but I don't think this is the Tainomi I know. Like, yeah. I don't think this is the Tainomi who goes at Nathan Phillips Square and like burns the party, you know? know. Like, it's, how did that feel when people were telling you that to your face? Um, there was a certain edits, but I got to say, like speak my mind uh, on certain parts. So there was a part where the judges were like kept on like, this is not the Tainomi I know, all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, you met me in a club, honey. Like, that's where you met me. This this thing I'm doing, I'm not doing it well. Trixie did it too. Trixie said the same thing. She's like, I was not prepared for the first time around. So mm-hmm. like, so I had my second chance and I just went in without, you know, without a care in the world. And for me, I'm like literally so shook I made it as far as I did because like it was, there were some con- conditions in there where I was like, I kind of wanted to go home first. <laughs> like, or, or really? no. Yeah, it was really, and they told us not to talk about it, but I don't care. It was literally winter cold in a factory mm-hmm. we were filming in a factory so guys picture this factory 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 Steel, coal but like the, the ceiling was, there was a hole in the ceiling and yeah, it, it snowed no. directly over the workroom yeah so like when you're in extreme colds like that you can't even think me and jimbo i was crying the day i got eliminated we were holding each other like this and he's like crying and shivering. They're I was holding like bawling. each other. And he's like, I can't make it. I go, no, no, you can make it. We had to talk to each other like that. Oh my God. Like it you're in crazy. fucking Mount Everest? No, I was yes. having a meltdown. I yes. was like, just kick me off the show already. Like they were taking so long. I was like, I know I'm not going to make it. They're like, you have to lip sync for your life. And then uh, and in my head, I was like, I don't, I think I'm just going to walk home and just make it a moment. Then Alona was like, had a meltdown. She was like, no. You're One of my, my favorite parts of the show. Well, she's like, you're my friend. They took it out. They should have just left it in. <gasps> she's like, you're my friend. I'm not dancing against my friend. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Alona, no. Like, you're indigenous. You're two-spirited. You need to, you, you have a lot totally. of story. And I'm holding her hands. I'm telling her this. The mics are fully on. That would have been an amazing fucking mm-hmm. edit if you they just like, left fight. it in. You're like, fight. I'm like, you need to fight. You need to be here to fight. And so when we, she's like, fine, fine. We'll do the song. That's why I was like, it was such a fun lip sync yeah. and that's why we were like battling because we're fighting for it together do you think you won that lip sync yeah me yeah. too you were house. shocked Jimbo's close up was like, like what <laughs> <laughs> he's like what, what? 
Yeah, like who vogues to hey hey you, so you, good. Uh huh. Skaggy 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 dip. I should have fucking dipped. <laughs> yeah, no, but honestly, I that show just. All, I'm just happy, although even the stress of it and everything, just being in that situation honestly did change me and drag and stuff like that, and for the better, honestly. After seeing yourself on the show, Jimbo, did anything change or click for you? Yeah, big time. Like my my makeup, of course, watching that, and I'm just like, ah! Did you, yes. like going into it, what did you think of your makeup? Because you said well, going it wasn't into, your... So my, my history with drag is in clowning, which is not about beauty. It's, mm-hmm. it's about... How do I characterize? How do I extract laughter? How do I create good vibes? So beauty was like the very last thing. It's like, who cares if I'm beautiful? It didn't matter to me at all. I yeah. was like, do I look cool? And am I going to make a good show? And right. that was all I cared about. And so when I got to the show and I started looking at all the other girls' faces and how beautiful they were, <laughs> before the show aired, I did drag as a part of a cabaret. I've never performed in nightclubs and doing that sort of... Really? Um, yeah, I performed mm-hmm. in cabarets as clowns and I performed privately in my own home because I wasn't booked in, as a part of the gay scene. So I had to make my own little stage and create my own little audience where I would... That's incredible. So I was doing makeup, you know, once a month on myself. And that was from a point of view of of clowning. Never like, oh, I need to be this beautiful illusion of a woman. And so that only came afterwards, after watching. Oh, that is so insane to me. So that's why it was like that third look where I was maxi maximum and I had all of my hair. And that was my first time doing a beauty face, like right there. Yeah. <laughs> With all that yeah. pressure on set, all no, the cameras, that's the why lights, I'm, I'm like, really proud of all the, all of yeah. Like, I always get this question when we do kind of interviews like this. They're like, who is the one that you never got along with? And it's like, I cannot, like, I literally get along with all of these girls because we were such weird conditions where we, we, I, I honestly, it was not a competition to me. It just was something that we were doing. Mm-hmm. And I, and then when it came down to lip sync, that's the only time I was like, okay, let me fight right now. Mm. Like, that's how it was. And it, it is so, it's so fucked. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about the first time I went out in the, the church street, mm-hmm. Toronto gay scene. Yes. And please. I remember Tainomi, but I want to ask you guys, what was your experience like with the trans scene in Toronto? 10 oh. years ago, or let's wherever, say. Or Vancouver were, for you. Or Vancouver, exactly. The, you want to go first? Because there you was basically first. none for me. I think I knew one girl. Her name is Cassandra Moore. Yes. There was no trans yeah. representation. It was you're a gay guy, you were a cis, a heterosexual girl, or you were a drag queen. You're a performer. Yeah. There was no trans representation. It was not like I'm on hormones. I have like, you know, I identify as this, that, the other. It's come so far. And I feel like the kids now in Toronto, like the teens have it so easy, but like there was none of that. So like, what about you guys? Was there anything behind the scenes that I was missing? There was trans performers and that's how I learned about trans people. So, um, Brooklyn's mother, Chantel, um, or Fahrenheit. That's how I knew as her as a performer. So for me, trans is, sorry, I don't want to be offensive, but like, normal. Like it was just a thing. It was like, you were the same as me. Completely desensitized yeah, to yeah, it. I yeah, I was like, just like, oh, wicked Chantel. Like you're Chantel now. Yeah. So it's just like, it was easy to just, she's like, my name's Chantel. I'm like, oh, wicked. And so you just tell yourself over again, that's Chantel now. And then there was um, Chris Edwards who passed away, but he's trans. And then Cassandra. And I love Cassandra more so deeply me too and I just remember the day she's like I can't perform anymore and I'm like why she's like oh my agent 
And I just love that. She's like, my agent says, if I want to be taken seriously in these rules, I just have to stop this. I go, you're going to stop this. You don't need this. Because drag, I think drag performance is very um, a transitional period. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think you need it. I think she was bigger than that. And she's so stunning. And her mind, like, just, I just love Yes. So these are the people I saw in our community, and I know what you're saying. I didn't understand why. Why is this? Why is our gay people, like gay people like me, not helping and supporting and showing more love to trans? It's one of those things that if I saw it, I feel like I could be it, and I didn't see it. Like I just genuinely didn't see it. And Cassandra Moore, actually, if you guys don't know her, she's on Instagram. I think her handles Cassandra Moore. Yes. Um, and her and I actually go way back. So she was one of the first. I met her before she transitioned. Before I transitioned, we were having a moment at the back of Cruz and Tango yes. on Church Street. And she had this tattoo on her arm, on her forearm. <gasps> and I was like, what is that? And it just hit my arm. We were having a cigarette. And I don't know why I saw the tattoo or how, but it was just like a little bit scribbled. And I was like, what is that tattoo? And she's like, oh, it was my friend Hamish. He, um, he passed away. And I was like, I used to know a Hamish. And she's like, oh, yeah, he, um, he killed himself. Uh, he was a photographer for this great magazine. I think it was like Nylon or something. Yes. Maybe yeah, I'm mistaken. And um, I was like, oh, that's so funny. The Hamish I know was a diver. I used to dive with him. I used to travel across the world with him and dive with him and stay in the same hotel rooms as him. And I wrote about him in my book. And he quit diving and killed himself. And it was the same Hamish. Mm. And that's how we were connected immediately. And I just ever since have been so connected to, to Cass. Wow. Yeah. yeah, and we always talk about Hamish because that was her best friend and he led me through my journey, not to be trans, but to be, you know, accepting of myself. And it just is insane. So Hamish, we love you. And yeah. Cass, we love Cheers you. Cheers to Hamish. And it's all about those little connections. So even before someone's trans, you kind of get the vibe. You know, that's what I'm kind of getting to. That's why I wanted to share that story because with Cass and I, we weren't transitioned, but we had this kind of bond, this understanding that we were different. We weren't just gay boys. You know, there was something else. And I didn't see any like big titty, big butt, big girls out there with their proud transness like there is now. So that's the question I'm asking. Like, when was the first time, Mimi, you felt trans representation? The first time I felt trans representation was probably when you told me you were trans. Straight up. No, and I forced it on you in my bedroom. I'm like, so I'm taking hormones and guess what? This is my new name. And if you go against it, you're the enemy. (laughs) But, you know, we used to always go out and, you know, maybe let's say 10 years ago when you were a feminine boy in the community, it was like, oh, look at these feminine boys. You know, it's, we were not the gatekeepers of our community. Right, like it was always like the hunky, like hot masculine white guys, and I'm just talking specifically about like the scenes we've been in in Toronto, sure. yes. no, no, we've where we've, in that. right, like the, <laughs> oh my God. the hunky white guys who never <laughs> treated us right, and now all of a sudden the drag queens and the trans girls are the gatekeepers of the community, and now they're your fans. Yeah, mm. right? well, we're the strongest. I don't care. No mm-hmm. one can say anything. Mm-hmm. We take bullshit. Absolutely. We we have to stand up for everything. Yeah, and and it's not hard, and we don't have the same privileges. So yes, mm-hmm. we're the strongest. Of, of them so sorry Jimbo do you even remember when people would say like oh you make the community look bad because you're feminine like that's what we've used to face 
Oh my God. Well, I've never, thank God, no one's ever really said I've, I've made the community look bad. I've always worked as hard as I can mm -hmm. to really um, promote self-expression, promote love and self-love. And um, so fortunately, I, I haven't really, I have been a part of a gay community, but my gay experiences with gay people has, have been really positive. Yeah. I was sort of um, closeted for a while. And then when I came out, I was really welcomed into the small gay community that we have in, on the West Coast. But um, I guess I wish that I could have been out younger and mm -hmm. been a, a little bit more a part of that drag or gay and drag scene um, back when I was like 19 and 20, but I was still closeted then. So my experience is a little bit different, I think, um, coming out later um, and then also being from a small island mm -hmm. where I'm currently living now. So um, I didn't really meet a lot of trans people. And so I my education came over the past number of years um, as more education about the mm -hmm. trans community has come out and been, yeah, been shown to the world to, to educate. Yeah. So who was your first trans person you ever met? My first trans person I met was a woman who was in Victoria, and uh -huh. she is has blonde hair. I think her name is like Courtney, or it's something along those lines. And she's created this huge um, media around her use of, uh, I think, a woman's washroom. And so oh, she yeah. created this huge conversation around being trans. And I think she was one of the first people to document her transition online through YouTube and through social Ooh. media. And so... Um, Is it Gigi? Yeah. I'm Court just <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Is it Courtney or is it Gigi? Gigi. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, imagine. Oh, is, is it, it Bree? Do you know someone named Bree? Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. I know in Vancouver, I know a uh, Miss Julie Vu. Mm -hmm. no, it was a Brie something. She had blonde hair. Anyways, so she created this this big yeah. conversation around washrooms and stuff. So before we get up, we have we take some questions that we'd like to answer oh, with I'm you so guys. I'm so excited about the questions. But My before that, I just want to ask the both of you, what's been the greatest thing that drag's given you? Um, I would say it's given me the ability to connect with people and mm -hmm. to really connect with people on a number of levels through self-expression, art, sexuality, uh, about possibility. People really look to drag and the gay community to look for examples of healthy self-expression that's on a, you know, a big scale. And mm -hmm. so I think people really look to us to say like look these people are taking risks they are going against social norms and, and norms that they've been taught to persevere and to thrive and so i think that's my greatest gift is really allowing myself to step into that and share that so drag can be amazing drag can be positive what's the worst thing drag has opened in your Wait. mind jimbo so the worst thing that drag is crunching my penis between my legs. And, yes. And then trying to dig it out halfway through the night with my nails. That uh, is the worst. I'm screaming. Uh, oh, ditto. Oh. <laughs> Do you know me? Most positive experience in drag? Most positive is, um, I guess, realizing that I was inspirational to um, youth. I don't know. I just put me being black to the side and I just always put my talent like to the top of the list and I'm like I'm gonna prove everything by being talented I didn't realize me being black was actually so inspirational to mm. young youth honestly it, it's up. just who you are I just didn't realize until the messages coming out and everything so mm -hmm. my platform for that and me being who I am being confident in my skin being beautiful in my skin mm -hmm. was, it would give people power and 
be inspired by me. So, yeah. That's awesome. Sometimes I feel like you have to step away yeah. and come back and realize what you have and then take it all in and be like, this is That's exactly these are my <laughs> this is my spark notes of who I am. Okay, should we get to our questions? Yes, please. <laughs> we'll be right back after a quick break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so we are back. We are going to answer our queries from our hotline at one eight four four queries You can call us anytime, anywhere. Absolutely nothing is off limits at one eight four four Q U E E R Y S. Are you guys ready to answer some questions? Yes. Ooh, oh my I God, can't wait. I can't wait. We are here with Jimbo and Tainomi about hey. to answer our first question. Hi, Gigi. Hi, Mimi. It is me, Star, just like the one in the sky. Oh, my God. I hope y'all are having an amazing day. I know I am. And my question for both of you is, if you could make a wish on a lucky star, a shooting star, actually, what would it be? Because for myself, I wish I was at motherfucking brunch right now drinking a mimosa. And I wish to just go on a motherfucking world tour, like the star world tour. Oh. Let me know what y'all think, and I hope y'all have a gorgeous day. Love you. Thank you, Star, for that question. I'm worried about your first wish. (laughs) (laughs) Wishing to be at brunch is a a stretch. Love you, girl. (laughs) World tour, now we're talking. My wish is always the same, but I refuse to say it. I'll leave it up to my co-host and our guests. But 11-11... Every single day, every single night, whenever I catch it, I make the same wish, but I always keep it the same, and it has stayed true. Wait, you're not going to say it? Mm-mm, because if you say it, it doesn't come true. Oh, what? Allude. Secret. It's about me. What? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Do oh you God, wish it it's about I know what it is. I know what it is. She wishes to be more beautiful. <laughs> Is that impossible, impossible Mark? No. Say, that's impossible. No, it's not. It's not vain. It's not vain. It's just I know, about I'm just like kidding. it's about me. Okay. That's all I could say. Okay, that's it. It's, what about yours? Sacred. Okay, so I took the L for the one out of four. So you all have to tell your wishes. Okay, right now, truly, I want to be on an island with these exact same people, oh. with a lot of drinks, and just have fun. What about your husband? <laughs> he is having fun. He's he's at home right now, so you know he doesn't have to come. Okay, cool. He Jimbo, have to come. Jimbo, what's your wish? Well, I have a similar wish system that you have. I always wish for the same thing whenever I have wishes. But I'll just tell you what it is. I I wish for love, joy, and prosperity over and over. Uh, what's prosperity again? Prosperity is like good things coming to you and the ability to share those good things so it's if you are prosperous you have and you're able to give because you have and so i love that i love that i'm gonna steal that i love that too i want to get that tattooed should we get matching 
Definitely. Okay. I'm gonna get right one after too. queerified across our foreheads. <laughs> Tainomi, what do you wish for? I just want to be so booked and so like making yeah. so much money so I could just like take care of my family. Oh, sweet. My mom has given so much to me, my brothers, my family, everything. I just want to make so much where where we are all comfortable and just living. Self indulgent yeah. but generous. Yes. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you guys want to say your wish as well? Nats, what's your wish? My name is Victoria, and I wish for happiness Hello. in every sense. <laughs> my name is Cass, and my wish is for a very, very wealthy husband. Uh huh. Yeah. Or wife. Oh. Okay, it's lame, but it's the same wish. Say your name. Oh, it's Nats. Nats, who? I'm kidding. Getty, gorgeous. <laughs> Hi, it's Gigi's husband, uh, Nats. I'm not kidding. Every night since I met G. Oh my God, stop. I'm going to cry. <laughs> I wish that um, we'll be happy in love and do something amazing in the world. <laughs> cool. And so this is the second podcast that I've done with you that I'm going to cry on. No, but so you have to like wish for that's, something that's like harder yeah, this, to reach. This is <laughs> it is hard don't, to read. I'm joking. Think, do you think don't come, gaslight do you think me. Comes, I, this is my wish. Fuck you. Uh, what? Do you think things come yeah. easy? Are you kidding? Are what? you gatekeeping my girl boss? I don't no. think things come easy. Literally, my 11-11 wish mm-hmm. morning and night is that I'm happy. Me and G are happy. We're in love. And we do something amazing in the world. Mm-hmm. And I keep it simply at that. Mm-hmm. I said it out loud now, so I'm worried that it won't come through, but I feel like it probably will. Don't worry. Thank you, everybody. Okay, second question, Gigi. Here we go. Oh, my God. I just want to say the last few episodes of your podcast have been life-changing. Since your debut, I've been listening to every single one. It's so, so, so amazing. I can't get enough. Uh, I just want to ask you guys, what do you think about inter-office dating? So uh, since the pandemic, I've been working with and for my ex-boyfriend. He's actually my boss. But uh, I'm kind of getting a vibe, and I just don't know whether that's something that I can enter into you know, while I'm working with somebody. Should we have romantic relationships at work? Please tell me what you think. Again, I love you guys so much. Also, do you think I should just quit? Anyways, I love you guys so much. Talk to you soon. Hi, this is going to be very short. No, no inter-office relationships, no work relationships. That's a no. That's a no for me. Hey, it's Gigi calling. And yes, it's a yes for me. (laughs) (laughs) I would say definitely get into it if you're feeling it. And yes, quit the job because it's definitely like a legal thing if you're like romantic with your boss you know so if you're really into it quit find a new job date the guy who's working at your old work and kill it yeah i have to agree with Gigi. like what yeah because like love doesn't always just come like there Mm -hmm. so if you feel that there's something and you want to explore it and it depends if the job's like hella hype and you're making the bills fucking turn your shit off exactly tell him <laughs> tell him you want to date him but yeah. like i'll leave this job just so we can do this but find me a good one yeah communication communication it's on him yeah honey if he's higher than you yeah i'm i guess yeah. right yeah 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 he could pull some strings it definitely depends i because like i i don't know like you like your wish you don't always find connections and love from people so if it's there and you're feeling the vibe i would explore it because you're gonna regret it mother i literally think you'll you regret, regret it, it. 
What about you, Jimbo? I would say go for it. I would say do it in the photocopier room. Do it on yes! the desk. Do it in the storage closet. Do it in exchange for some more paper clips. Whatever you can, just get it. Do it. Bang on the water cooler. Sit on the photocopier. That's my advice. Mark, are you going to be okay? I don't think I like Jimbo again. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, oh no. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, everyone is have, is allowed to have their own opinions. I mean, would you keep that? Would you keep that in secret, or would you just do it, Jimbo? Um, well, I think it's better to keep it in secret at first, mm-hmm. while you just test the waters, because maybe you get into it and you're like, mm, actually, I'm gonna go back to my desk. Okay. Third question. I love it. <laughs> Here we go. Last, or this is our last question before we have to go. Thank you guys for staying with us oh, and answering. You. I love you. I love you, Tainomi. Oh. I love you, Tainomi Banks. Okay, okay relax. Routine. Third question. Wait, okay. <laughs> okay, here we go. Hi, this is Sky, not Scott. Sky, S K Y with an E. And I am from the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. And I need to know if. You guys are going to have Rachel and Claire from the Avenue as guests because that would literally be the ultimate reunion of reunions. Love you guys. Bye. Okay, Sky from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Are we going to have Rachel and Claire as guests? It didn't really finish, I think. I think the call ended. <laughs> um, so for anyone that doesn't know, The Avenue is a show I did in Toronto. It was like kind of like a self-made reality show. It was like really fun. Tainomi, did you watch The Avenue? Yes, I heard about it. <laughs> no, 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 no. You not watched did it. you watch? You said yes, I heard, heard about, about it. it. So yeah. did you watch or did you hear? I did not hear. I did not watch it. Mark told me about it the other day, and we were supposed to sit down and watch Liar. it. I taught that to you no, yesterday. Mark Andrew Smith. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought I, did, I, like, I, I didn't say that to you thing. yesterday. And he, told, he described the whole thing, and I was like, "Why didn't they pick it up?" Like how he talked about it was. Oh, amazing. she was picked up. I mean, it's talked about ten years later. Uh huh. Ten years later. Okay. Jim, tell everybody what the avenue is. I did. I was one of my favorite shows. I Shut watch all up, Jimbo. <laughs> I feel yes, so bad. I'm so sorry. I could everyone. die. Oh well, I watched your whole show. So Rachel and Claire. So obviously, it was it was very produced extremely scripted at times. I'm actually not in cahoots and in talking situations with Claire right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> because of the show. <laughs> I wish her well. But uh but Rachel, we're cool. But um I don't know. I, I, I they are allies of the community. So if you guys want, uh call one eight four four queries and let us know if you guys want us to interview them mm-hmm. and have them on the pod. But Otherwise, they are not scheduled programming. <laughs> but, but we we still love Rachel. But they could be absolutely. Just I love the whole Claire. cast. Yeah, just well, Claire. I'm sure she's just a phone call away. You know. Yeah, she yeah. always is. Okay, that's it for our time on Queerified this week. Tainomi Jimbo, thank you so much for joining. Gigi Mimi, I love you both. G-G-Mimi. Love you, bitches. You stupid little whores. Whores, whores, whores. Do you guys have anything you're promoting right now? Anywhere anyone can find you. Let us know. Tainomi? Yes. Um, www.tainomibanks.com for merch and dates for my drive-in tour. Yes. <laughs> it is. Uh, the t- I have two dates, June 25th, and then the next one is July 10th. And just, yeah, 
follow me on Instagram and I'll be promoting. And um, I have a special guest who's going to be in the show on the on the 25th is Jimbo. Yeah. There you go. Oh, my Instagram is just my name. So pretty. You know, Tainomi Banks. Just stunning. Just a beauty stunning queen, name. a pageant queen, Jimbo. <laughs> I can be found on my Instagram at Jimbo the Drag Clown, as well as on my website, the www.houseofjimbo.com. And yeah, I have some tours coming up. I have a lot of exciting things. There's some really exciting things in the work. I've been working on the House of Jimbo, which is a, a variety show that I'm planning to film in my mm. house. So I've been mm. working on that. We're on a tour together. Sorry, North Stars. We're touring the North Stars is it, tour. Is it in September or October? Canada. It's um, September, October. September, yeah. I'm going to the UK. Oh my God, goodbye. I'm going to the UK too. I need, I need tickets to this. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I'll do backstage actually, never mind tickets, I'll host. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh my God, I would oh love God, that. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God, that would be so much be fun. So fun. Yes. I would love that. Oh my God, I'm Well, right thank now. you girls so much for sitting on the couch, talking with us. This so is insane. I'm and so um, you look amazing. You guys just look so epic and you guys shared so much. Thank you for being so real and honest. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, audience. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. You can follow Gigi Gorgeous on Instagram at Gigi Gorgeous and me at Mark Maverick. And as always, Queerified is a presentation of Ramble, a Cadence 13 studio. Please listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and you've been Queerified. Bye. Mwah.